Hello, guys. Just going to pop in real quick to let you guys know that this was originally going to be a conversation about Samara from The Ring with my friend Vanna. And we had a very, very long conversation, one that as I was editing, I realized this is going to be a really long episode and ended up and I felt it ended up being like a really good two parter. So. Yeah, this is going to be a two-parter, and you're going to hear a little bit of us talking about how we need to, talking about how we'll get to Samara. Well, we'll get to Samara next week. Just wanted to give you all a heads up. Death has come to your little town, Sheriff. Have you ever felt a knife cut through human flesh and scrape the bone beneath? You're going to need a bigger boat. Be my victim. Hello, my name is Austin Torres, and welcome to the Would You Die podcast, the show where we talk about our favorite horror monsters and villains. Today, I'm joined by the horror TikToker, best known as the Horror Hellion. I added a the there. I think we're good. We like thes, right? Yeah, we like thes. <laughs> She's also a horror writer. Please welcome my friend, Vanna. How are you doing today? I am good. How are you? I am fantastic. We are talking about the original viral sensation, Samara from The Ring, which is like a top 10 horror movie for me. Ooh, that's exciting. Didn't know that. I'm the type of person that loves top 10 lists for whatever reason. When it comes to scary movies, I'm like, yeah, The Ring's got to be on mine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I definitely love myself some lists. That's what I'd be doing on TikTok. I love making lists. (laughs) You know, I need to do... I have a TikTok and I used to make the videos, the content, if you will. I'm so bad at keeping up with it, though. Yeah, I am not good at TikTok (laughs) and I'm definitely, definitely not a like content creator by any means, which unfortunately a lot of people who like consume TikTok kind of expect a lot of con, like depending on the content to be um up to a certain par as if they were watching like a youtuber or something and i'm like dude i'm just i'm just having fun on this app leave me alone this isn't even like my generation's social media (laughs) like (laughs) bear with me here people well i love the tiktoks of yours that i've seen you came up on my what is it called the um the for you page thank you it's (laughs) it's not i'm on tiktok every like watching the videos every day, I, I don't know anything about it. I remember the first video that came up because it came up kind of recently and it was an audio from the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. Mm, and I do. Yeah, uh, that, that was a fun video. <laughs> and I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I'm a huge horror fan. And you don't see those two worlds coming together too often. So I was like, OK, that's an instant follow. And I haven't regretted it. I've been loving your TikToks. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, I I was taking it a little, I don't want to say seriously, because it's like definitely not something I like spend too much time on, but I definitely was like trying to make cool lists or something. But then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to like think of ideas for like the, all these fun audios I keep seeing. I kept seeing like that one from the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. There's like lots of fun audios. So I was like, I'm just going to like have fun which is like the whole point of social media, really. 
you know, to have fun. So I'm glad that that video is the one that you saw because that was like a fun little thing to make. Also, definitely, yeah, love Star Wars, love horror. Like you said, you don't really see a lot of that coming together, but we're all we're all fans of the cinema, you know? Exactly. And there's some scary aspects to Star Wars, like Darth Vader and the right lighting is pretty terrifying. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I love I think that's what something I really loved about the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. Like, I think also with Rogue One, there were a few scenes that I think they really showcased through choreography and through lighting and stuff, like how scary Darth Vader actually is. Because I think like growing up, you see like the original trilogy and it's already assumed that everyone is scared of this character, but we didn't really see backstory until prequels which were not everyone's favorite so it was fun to see like other bits of media like delve into vader you know oh for sure i 100 percent agree and on i love that there's so much star wars right now but i'm assuming horror is for you <laughs> absolutely when did you first kind of like get into the genre so funny that that tiktok is actually about what got me into the genre so in that tiktok you know it's the like i am what you made me um i made that <laughs> video about my dad showing me my first horror movie i was four years old and i remember waking up in the middle of the night because i heard the tv on i come out and my dad's watching a movie and i'm like you know rubbing the sleep out of my eyes it's really late at night and he's like come come sit with me come watch this movie and i was like i don't know i think mom's gonna be mad you know <laughs> like I'm <laughs> supposed to be asleep right now not watching a movie but I sat down with him and he was watching the thing oh <laughs> and right after I sat down I remember the dog turning into the alien <laughs> and oh, I no. was you know that was seared into my brain I actually don't even I can't even tell you the last time I actually watched the thing all the way through because I just have like this seared images you know into my brain from my childhood and I'm like I got it I watched it it's seared into my brain um so yeah I was about four years old pretty soon after that I also same situation my dad was watching tv and he was watching like scream had just come on it was still in the Drew Barrymore opening and I started watching scream with him and it was fun. And then Scream also became another movie that a lot of like neighborhood kids um, like wanted to watch, you know, like my parents aren't home. Let's watch a movie and um, be like, we're not supposed to watch that one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so pretty early on, a couple movies, both um, shown to me by my dad, unrelated to like film. I was just like a spooky kid. I was very into Halloween, very into reading Goosebumps. I started reading like Edgar Allan Poe stories and Dracula and Stephen King books like in elementary school, like way too young to even comprehend a lot of what I'm reading. But I was just like really into spooky vibes. I was also really into science. I was like a super nerdy kid. Like my best friend and I, we would like, instead of watching cartoons in the morning, watch Prehistoric Planet or watch <laughs> shows about sharks or, you know, just like weird science stuff. Um, and I think that kind of melded together with my interest as a young kid. I got really into science and explaining natural phenomena. I got really into like supernatural phenomena. And like I was watching ghost adventures and ghost hunters and 
mystery hunters and like all these shows like from a really young age I was just into anything spooky and then it was around maybe middle school is when I started like getting back into watching horror movies like going to Hollywood video with a friend whose dad would let us rent anything there like no limitations so we would like pick up whatever <laughs> horror movie we wanted and and yeah just from there just was always into always into horror so it's been a lifelong lifelong obsession for me that's awesome i had a similar experience to your thing experience except replace four years old with five years old and <laughs> replace the thing with jaws Ooh, i do remember seeing that pretty young as well very spooky the, <laughs> the difference is i love jaws and for whatever reason at that age i couldn't handle horror movies except for jaws jaws was like the exception <laughs> mm, that's a good gateway you know because it is a, a movie that's also kind of i guess debated on like its horror status um i think for that reason like i know a lot of people who would put it on a list you know like summer horror summer shark movie you know shark mm -hmm. horror stuff like that but it's also because it was it's not like straightforward i don't know spooky ghosts uh, <laughs> blood and guts I mean there's blood and whatnot but you know I mean it's like it's one of those things where it like kind of teeters on that action thriller but like kind of horror but I think a lot of I think just a lot of people I know like are like this is mine I will take this mm -hmm. movie and I'll call it horror <laughs> it's mine now <laughs> I'm usually like a loosey-goosey go with the flow type of person who doesn't really like let opin other opinions bother me Except when people like try and say Jaws is in a horror movie, that's when I get like fighty. Yeah, I mean, it's I, I think um, Jordan Peele just I just saw a clip of him talking about this in regards to his new movie. Uh, no, he was talking about how like Jaws kind of is the epitome of when it comes to a creature feature or like showing the monster. Um, obviously, mm -hmm. it was like a functional thing, <laughs> but it ended up being like, you know, a basically the blueprint for how to like create suspense and like if you have a creature don't show too much and let your imagination run wild and yeah so I think it's definitely definitely great tension building definitely like I my mom talks about it a lot like she when she was growing up I think she was in high school when it came out no she was probably younger probably like elementary or middle school but she was like talking about how none of her friends would go to the beach after that movie yeah. <laughs> came out <laughs> you know so it's like obviously it had an impact it scared a lot of people and I think thematically thematically it matches with a lot of horror like you know with a lot of movies we see like people sacrificing other people's lives because they want to make money and there's there's a lot of thematic elements to that movie too that I think it just it it fits so nicely in the horror genre it's definitely a uh horror movie so I'm with you on that one <laughs> Okay, good. We can remain friends. Um, <laughs> I don't want to go too much into it because I do want to talk about Samara because I love her. But The Ring is like number eight, number nine on my top 10 horror movie list. Jaws is number two. So I got to I got to say something about Jaws real quick since we're on the subject. I feel like I get the reason why I get so irrationally angry when people dismiss Jaws as a horror movie. One, it's a personal favorite of mine, so it feels like a personal mm -hmm. attack, even though I know it's not. But for me, horror kind of has like the three pillars 
of like the three big subgenres and then other subgenres kind of like orbit around these three pillars for me. Ghosties, demons, and paranormal is one. Slashers are one. And monster is one. But for whatever reason, I feel like people forget about the monster portion of the horror genre. And I'm a huge nut for like older films and like the I'm a huge sucker for like the universal classic monsters. So it's Mm -hmm. like if you don't consider Jaws, which is like probably the biggest monster movie, at what point do people start being like, well, is Frankenstein really horror? Yeah, I'm yeah, especially yeah, honestly, I definitely when I think about what what genres I like, I I never name off creature feature but then whenever there's so many movies that I talk about that I love so much that I'm like that's a creature feature why don't I think I like creature features but yeah like Jaws um, there's so many things like especially because horror is so subjective in the first place like what we like what scares you like if we went based off like what scares me when I'm watching a movie there would be like two horror movies ever you know what I mean like (laughs) there's so many there's so many movies that don't scare other people so I think when it comes to a lot of like older creature features or like something like like a shark or something I think that's what easily why it easily gets dismissed because they're like well it wasn't scary you know like I'm not scared of sharks or like a lot of the classics aren't very um maybe scary by today's standards and stuff so a lot of people don't have like a accepting lens when they see them but yeah I definitely I just think yeah creature features are such a big part and Jaws is Jaws is definitely the epitome of a creature feature for sure and I also have to admit I'm very lenient when slapping the horror label onto movies it could mm-hmm. me too me too I'll call it anything a horror movie I don't care <laughs> it's, it's exactly. serious to somebody I yeah. don't know. and I'm just like I'll consider kids movies that have spooky elements to be horror movies like Hocus Pocus. Yeah, I yeah, I've heard uh, some it, there was another podcast I was listening to where they were kind of like talking about the different ways that each of the hosts describe or define horror and that was something that came yeah. up was like kids movies maybe because it's utilizing spooky elements or imagery like Halloween stuff like Hocus Pocus or Casper right. But like the themes aren't horror. So they were like, well, I don't, it's more of like a family movie and stuff like that. But I'm like, I don't care. I'll, I'll take in, like, I have like a, like on my horror arm, I have a haunted mansion tattoo, like Disney's haunted mansion. I think a lot of people yeah. wouldn't consider that like a horror movie, but it's, it's part of who I am as a spooky person and a horror fan and a, you know, a Halloween geek, you know, I, yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, I'm totally with you. I'm so lenient. I'll call anything. You know, that that gets a lot of uh, debate when it comes to like psychological thrillers, like other thrillers, crime thrillers, you know, like a lot of those movies get debated, too, when it comes to horror. But I'm like, I just I like spooky things. So I'm going to call it a horror movie and claim it as my own. (laughs) Right. And I and I think there are plenty of movies that can be argued one way or the other. But like I'm with you. I'm like, if it has enough spooky elements i'll give it the horror badge i don't care or Mm -hmm. if it's a movie where i i don't know if you're like this but i'm just making assumption that you are because i'm this way a lot of my friends who aren't as into the horror genre like to come to me 
We're like, where do you recommend I start off? And I find myself being like, well, normally they've already seen Hocus Pocus. So I'm like, okay, that's a good yeah. step. Scooby-Doo is a good step. So I consider those horror. And a lot of times I'm just like, a easy first one is Jurassic Park. Oh yeah, that, yeah, that's a, that is a spooky movie. I love Jurassic Park. I have not seen the recent one, <laughs> um, but yeah, I I think I, in college, I got to see that in theaters too. Um, yes. A local theater had like throwback Sundays or I don't know, something like that. But I remember get, getting to see it in, in theaters. And I think that like solidified, like I had already, you know, obviously watched it in my childhood and any scene with the Raptors is... <laughs> so scary but like yeah being able to actually see it in a theater and be in that experience and like the the tension that you feel like it's yeah it's scary and again like I think thematically too when it comes to you know Jurassic Park it's just as much of you know like a horror as like maybe like the fly or something like that where it's like about like the hubris of man you know and like the evils that we do you know stuff like that so yeah I think yeah, Jurassic Park is definitely a good, definitely a good starting point, especially because it has some really good horror actors in it too that come together in this one fun dinosaur movie. Um, but yeah, that's another one. That's that is one movie I hear get debated about whether or not it's like considered horror. But I know people who will put it on the creature feature list and you know stuff like that. Yeah, that that's my favorite movie of all time. Um, I've managed to sneak it into every episode of my podcast so far, at least one reference of it. But <laughs> but that one I can see the argument against. You know what I mean? That one I don't get too up in art. It's Jaws that pisses me off when people don't call it a horror movie. Because usually it's just like, yeah. well, it's more of a thriller. Thriller is just diet horror. Yeah, I, I consider thrillers to be... I mean, there are some thrillers, obviously, where... I get I guess you know when you think about like the lifetime movies or something where they're right. definitely not like spooky but but yeah thrillers like when it comes to like psychological thriller and stuff like that I think thriller is definitely like if not within a subgenre of horror it's definitely like it's like sister you know <laughs> like oh, they I, are intertwined yeah. <laughs> I agree with that I think for me a thriller becomes a horror or a horror thriller if it has some slashy vibes, some ghosty vibes, or some monster vibes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So like... Yeah, there's definitely... Yeah, there's definitely like yeah. a, a scale, you know, or like a spectrum. But yeah, there's a lot There's a lot of thrillers that are definitely, definitely are part of horror. Like, uh, I think the big one is Silence of the Lambs that gets a lot of people arguing. And for me, mm. I'm, team, I'm team Silence of the Lambs is horror because... Hannibal Lecter's a horror character. He is a horror icon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely agree. Yeah, I think especially a movie like that, um, it's so part of like our horror like culture. Like you said, like Hannibal is such an iconic character, and like you know he has his own mask. He has his own like iconic mask, and uh, also I just think to um, like personally, it was a very influential film in like growing up as a like someone into spooky stuff like being into horror movies um growing up being really into true crime growing up um 
So that was definitely like a movie, especially because my mom really likes that movie too. And she's into crime and she is into, she says like things like I'm so weird for how much I like horror movies, but she actually like introduced me to so many horror movies growing (laughs) up, like, like Silence of the Lambs. So like personal to like my upbringing of a, as a like horror fan. So that's one, I think another, it just kind of like, it's, I don't want to say grandfathered in, but like. It's one of those things where we're like, we're going to take this, especially because I think I know so many horror fans that are so into true crime or again, because Hannibal himself is such an iconic character. You have this like villain that it's like more than just a crime, you know, especially with the TV show and like, you know, the whole series and as a book too, like I have the whole Hannibal series of books too. So like being growing up as a horror reader, it was an influential book for me and stuff like that so yeah it's definitely one like I my whole life I was like I'm gonna get that moth tattooed on me (laughs) you know like (laughs) you know now I'm working on my horror tattoo sleeve you know still there's still gonna be a place for that one so it's definitely one like lots of my friends always say like that's one of their favorites or one of the first they watched or something like that that was really influential on them like growing up too one last question before we get into the star of the show you mentioned that you like lists. I do. I love me and, some lists. And you like horror movies. So I'm going to put you on the spot for a second. As of this moment, what are your top 10 favorite horror movies? Ooh, top 10. I apologize so for putting See, you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. No, it's, it's just so hard. Um, I feel like my favorites change so much based on my mood or like there's been I've been like discovering so many like older movies that I for some reason hadn't gone around to so it's always definitely always changing um but obviously just easy pickings the ones I have on mm-hmm. my arm so far um the first <laughs> horror tattoo I got on my arm was of Michael Myers oh, uh John Carpenter's Halloween is one of my favorites that's what I would say my favorite horror movie was for such a long time um it was like a comfort movie I would just turn it on all the time I just think it's like a perfect film and I love Michael I am not a huge like I said earlier a huge sequel fan I am mm-hmm. <laughs> a sequel avoider so there's a, yeah, and obviously like the whole franchise Halloween franchise is very um messy <laughs> But I have not even seen, I have not seen past three purposefully because I'm like, I don't know. Like, I always think about like, oh, maybe I'll watch it like just for fun. But I like, I like to, when people ask me about the franchise as a whole, I like to be able to just say, well, haven't seen it. (laughs) (laughs) So that's definitely, definitely up there. Right under Michael, I have Samara or Sadako from The Ring. Um, That's one movie that very influential growing up it was like a a movie I guess I don't know if how why it was so easily accessible but it was just like a movie that like everyone like everyone knew about it was like yeah popular to talk about you know like everyone was like have you seen me you know (laughs) I think we're around the same age and if that's the case that was our generation's horror movie Mm -hmm. yeah that and like the grudge I love both of those yeah so much except um I've I never got seen the Samara tattooed because it's a little more like 
imagery wise, it was easier to have like a really cool image of her, but I love the grudge so much. Um, we'll probably get into it later. Some of the reasons why I love the ring so much. Um, a lot of that translates over to the grudge and stuff, but yeah, so the ring definitely up there. Um, I love the American ones so much, but like technically as far as my top 10, I would go with the Japanese one. Cool. But I don't know. They're pretty interchangeable. Like they're so different, but also so interchangeable to me as far as like how much I love them. Like, cause, because I love the story and like the character. So even though the film surrounding them is so different either way, I still love, I still love both of them. <laughs> I don't I, know if that makes sense, but. Oh no, it yeah. does. It. I have so many thoughts on why that is. And I believe it's because American culture is so different from Japanese culture that has mm-hmm. so much to do with it. But we could dig into that a bit more. I'll let you finish your top 10. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have Jennifer's body. That's another tattoo Ooh, I have. I love great. Jennifer's body so much. One of my favorite movies. I I don't even know what to say. I just think it's so fun. It's like <laughs> such an interesting time capsule. Or like 2009, mm-hmm. 2010. Um, yeah, I love Jennifer Check, Suspiria. I love Suspiria oh. a lot. That's another tattoo. That's the most recent tattoo I got was um, a Suspiria tattoo. I am a ballet dancer, so. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, so, I love Sus- I love both of the Suspirias so much. I just love any movie that has like ballet in it. That's actually one of the articles um, I should be having coming out soon maybe like in the next month or two on beauty of horror. Um, I wrote an article, like a personal essay on like my relationship to specific movies that showcase ballet and like what I think most horror movies are trying to say by adding ballet in and stuff like that. Um, But yeah, so Suspiria, definitely one of my favorites. Hmm. That's hard. Scream, obviously. Scream is like, Scream raised me, you know, <laughs> just one of the first movies I still have. I'm still, I can see the VHS I have from growing up, like on my shelf. It was just one of the first movies I ever saw. And it was really funny because growing up, it was like scary. Like when I first watched Scream growing up, um, obviously it's scary because it's like, I'm like four years old and there's people like bleeding on the screen. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But then you watch it again when you're older and it's just like, I'm like, this is a comedy movie. It's not scary. So yeah, that, that's that's super fun. Scream's always been like my whole life, always been one of my favorites. It's probably like the movie I've probably seen the most in my life just because I've rewatched it so many times. Just for my birthday, my friend just bought me a t-shirt that has Stu on it and it says my mom and dad are going to be so mad at me. <laughs> it's, I, just oh so, my. it's just so funny. <laughs> it's so uh, iconic. My mom and I, I say so Stu's lines to each other all the time. Hmm. Also, I want to say... Just because it was a movie my sister and I watched a lot growing up too is uh, Carrie, the original Carrie. I love that movie so much. It is one of my favorites. My sister and I had this DVD. It was like a double feature DVD that had, or no, it was three movies. It was Carrie and it was like the Carrie remake and Rage Carrie (laughs) 2. on it like interesting the, the first remake with angela fetus or whatever her name is oh um, it was like a yeah so we had like what? yeah not the yeah not the yeah. recent remake but 
um it was like 2002 or something like that um gotcha first remake yeah i think made for tv or something one of those another one of those instances where stephen king has more um creative control over the film but it ends up not being a good film happens to him <laughs> a lot um but yeah but my sister and i used to watch carrie all the time i just think it's one of those movies it's like so sad to me and as someone who's writing a thesis on horror movies like um carol clover's men women and chainsaws is a a book i go back to a lot she has a lot to say about you know the character of carrie um but yeah also my sister and i whenever we would do anything remotely embarrassing or (laughs) like didn't like their outfit or something you know anything for any reason really my sister and i would say they're all gonna laugh at you (laughs) (laughs) And it was like, still, I could probably walk into her room right now and say that. And she would just keep saying it. But yeah, so Carrie was very influential (laughs) on me growing up. Love that movie so much. And as a Stephen King fan, um, you know, like I started reading Stephen King books really early on. So that one also has a special place, you know, obviously the one that put Stephen King on the map, you know. Oh, yeah, for sure. That Carrie, that first Carrie is like one of those. And I think we all have these one of those. Yep, that's going to traumatize me. Saw it too young. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I appreciate it yeah, now. Yeah, it's so but sad. That, that movie gave gave me nightmare. I think I accidentally saw the prom scene when I was like five or six. It was just oh, like wow. on a TV in my house. And I walked in at the yeah, right or wrong time. Yeah, on TV a lot. <laughs> yeah. I have memories of that, Suspiria, which you've mentioned already, and the Amityville horror, like really really messing me up (laughs) yeah no I remember that movie being on tv a lot too there's so many movies that were just on tv all the time and like I feel like like you said we're kind of a similar age there's certain movies that I think our generation just like we all just kept walking in at the wrong time (laughs) yeah tv they just kept showing these movies on tv like (laughs) that's oh yeah I love that (laughs) definitely house of a thousand corpses I'm on house of a thousand corpses shirt right now that's oh, one that's of my awesome. favorite movies. That's a comfort movie. If I'm feeling sad, I'll turn on House of a Thousand Corpses. I just think it's beautiful. I'm very torn on how I feel about Robert's filmography as a whole. He's a very like hit and miss director for me personally, but for some reason, House of a Thousand Corpses just does it. I think because like in middle school, I was like a fan of his music. Um, so was my older brother. My older brother's like um he was like 12 years older than me he was like a skater and stuff he had this like he had this house of thousand corpses shirt it was like the shirt that has like it's like um it's pretty much like the um the poster but it was like a version that was only released like when the movie came out so like whenever I look for it on like eBay and stuff there's like a different version that I see is like more easily accessible but yeah so he had like that he had that shirt and I remember just always seeing it like when I was little and then I got into like his music and then that so that movie just I don't know just it's a part of me (laughs) no that's a that's a great choice the way I always think about and it's funny because I was talking to the last guest I talked about how I felt about Rob Zombie films (laughs) and it's I love him as a director but I don't really like his movies, if that makes sense. Yes, I 100% support him. And I love his mind. I I yeah. applaud his vision. And I love the way um, he works. 
He's so like yeah. kind. I've seen behind the scenes stuff. He's so kind. He like he will help every department. He's very hands-on, but he's so appreciative of his casts and crews. And that's why he has a team that always wants to work with him. And that's as a mm-hmm. filmmaker, that's how I want to be down the road. Yeah, he's very admirable. I think um, because he kind of started doing like set design and stuff for um, like PB's Playhouse and stuff. And then yeah, obviously like producing his own music videos. He's very like he was in that position. So I think it's really great when like people are now a director and now in like now the boss man you could say that they still like like to be hands-on and like like they're always going back to their roots and I think I think that's great and I just like I said I just love his vision I respect his what he's got going on in his mind and he's making the movies he wants to make he's not making the movies we want to watch and right I applaud him for that like for his ability to be able to do that and like good for you dude like you do you I love it but that's why so many of his movies are hit and miss because he's not making the movies for us he's making movies he wants to make and I love it right sometimes they do work for me because sometimes the movie he wanted to make happened to be a movie I wanted to watch however that is not always the case (laughs) so yeah he's definitely hit or miss but I you know whatever my personal personal film likes or dislikes just happen to not align with his vision but that's okay i i respect the heck out of him i think he's so creative and he's such a horror fan that's the thing too you can tell how much he loves horror and then that kind of comes across i think that's why i like house of the of a thousand corpses the most because it's the most of a love letter to horror um like a if Rocky Horror Picture Show and Texas Chainsaw Massacre had a baby (laughs) like you know like it's the most it's definitely like an homage like obviously I know he was trying to do that with Halloween like he was such a huge Halloween fan but he still wanted to make it his own however I just still wasn't for me but I think that's why House of Thousand Corpses just works for me it's like very authentic obviously his first film too so it's just a very like authentic beautiful fun little film and I love it Oh, well, anyways, that's a little too, <laughs> little too much of an aside about Robert Zombert, but um, <laughs> back to some of my favorite films. I love to call him Robert Zombert, by the way. I'm stealing that. Funny. I'm going to spread it to all my <laughs> friends here. I'll um, credit you, of know. course. I think I'm on. <laughs> all right. I think I'm on seven. Was that seven movies? Oh, uh, let me run it down hard. real quick. Halloween, The Ring. Oh, shit. Jennifer's Body. <laughs> Jennifer's Suspiria, Body. Right. Scream. Yeah. Uh, Carrie. And The House. House. Oh, Carrie and House of Thousand Corpses. Oh, yeah. Wow, I only have three. That's really hard. I was going to say Saw. Saw is one of my favorite movies. Um, you can say Saw. Saw is one of my favorite movies. That's another comfort movie. Like, if I'm sad, I'll put on Saw. It's just, I love it. It's so fun. And no matter how many times I watch it, I still get so hype when the theme song starts playing, when he stands up at the end. And then he's like game over you know it's just so yeah. like it's so fun I just love that movie and I love it's like a you know a little passion project it gave us the beautiful James Wan and Lee Winnell you know oh yeah um so that's always fun I'm not a huge fan of a lot of the sequels but I just love the first <laughs> that's that's one movie that's like very much a crime like cop thriller and it's like you know but it's like 
lumped in it, it quote unquote started the like torture porn like resurgence but it's so funny because it's like so not gory but i love that movie I think there's only one scene where you actually see guts and it's probably the only guts they could afford. <laughs> yeah, I know. I love it. It's such a like low budget. Um, I love stuff like that. I love like low budget passion projects like that. I just have like a little soft spot, especially when now knowing like the success that, you know, those two have in the film industry. It's like so fun. It's fun watching that. Hmm. Trick or treats. Another one of my favorites. As Hell like yeah. a Halloween, Halloween person, there's nothing I love more than like tales about superstitions on Halloween. It's so fun. That's I fucking one, love um, Sam. Yeah, he's so cute. That's one. That's one movie that um, I think all of these movies I've mentioned are movies I also plan on getting the rest of my arm tattooed with too. But yeah, the Sam one so will fun. be so cute. Yeah, he's so cute, and it's fun, and it's just like a really good idea, like. I to string together an anthology I think that's what made it really like original it's just fun it's just a fun movie I love a good fun fun movie for sure um that puts me at nine one movie okay I'm gonna do a little I want to give you 11 real quick because one really not fun one really not fun one possession that's one of my favorite movies of all time um I watched it really recently so that's why it's not like when I think about like my favorite films, it doesn't uh, immediately come to mind. Like when I think mm-hmm. about like my lifetime as a horror fan, but Possession is just one movie that really hit me super good, super good. Not very easy to find, um, which is why I hadn't seen it until recently, but I love that movie. I don't know if you've seen it, the 1981 Possession. Very weird. Our boy, Sam Neill, very oh. young, cute little, cute little man in that movie. His I performance love is astounding. Like I remember because I hadn't seen it until pretty recently in life. And I was like, I don't know how to describe possession to you. <laughs> if you hadn't already, if you haven't already seen it or like also the things I could describe are things that I think should be left for you to experience. That I movie you. is an experience, not a great clean cut film. It's an experience. Another great experience not so great not a fun film (laughs) hereditary that is another Mm. movie i have to like always shout out as one of my all-time favorites it's it's hard to put like recent films and favorites lists sometimes like right hereditary just affected me so much i don't even know how to describe how much i love that movie i think it's just like a perfect it's perfect it is such a realistic despite being like supernatural it's such a realistic portrayal of like a family in grief Mm -hmm. um it's so good i have a very personal connection to the plot of hereditary so that's why um that's a movie i get a lot of pushback on tiktoks about like that movie's not scary and blah 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 and i'm just like horror is different for everyone like obviously it didn't scare me not a lot of things scare me but it deeply unsettled me gave me bad gut feeling (laughs) Wait, people so are like my all-time favorite movies. People are out here dissing Hereditary. Yeah, Ari Aster actually gets a lot of hate on the on the internet. Um, I think nothing. it's a lot of like <laughs> it's like Sorry. hipstery bros. There's a lot. There's kind of like a rejection of modern horror at the moment. Oh, um, are they being like I contrarian? Think, 
I think so. Um, I think he only has two movies. They both were pretty successful. And I think anytime that happens, people have this idea that someone's being put on a pedestal and then they make it their mission to try to chip away at that for some reason. But also I've just had a lot of comments saying that it's not scary, which is just weird to me. Like horror is so subjective. What different people find scary is different and even as someone who like I wasn't like scared like I didn't have to like sleep with the light on after I watched it I was I was deeply emotionally affected by that movie and again especially because of my personal own personal like parallels of events in my life that mirror that movie I'm like who are y'all to like come into people's comments and tell people what's like not a good horror movie just because you didn't think it was scary. But also like, if you only think, I, I just, there's I think, so much to be said about like what people think is scary and whether or not they, that then means the movie was good or bad or horror or not horror. It's just like what people like, what they like. You know? Right. And I think too many people equate their opinions for quality yes like people are like i yeah, like, like this I said, movie therefore it's, it's good yeah and i mean like yeah it means it's good to you for sure but yeah like it's also i don't know it's just it's just an odd tiktok is an odd place and i know that putting content out there means that i have to agree i have to consent to having everyone else's opinions on my content uh... be stated at me but sometimes I'm just like, I don't care. <laughs> if you don't like this movie, I don't care. Go make your own TikTok. I don't know. It's just really funny. Even on other people's TikToks too, when I go in their comments, like that movie specifically, I feel like there's so much like, that wasn't scary. It's just like, okay. Horror is such a subject, like horror, fear, dis- being disturbed, a movie about grief and trauma and like all that other stuff. It's just so funny that like, people have such strong feelings about like trying to tell other people that 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 something is not scary or not traumatizing or not you know like like yeah there's also like like, that like contrarian idea you know like when it comes to like Megan is missing or a Serbian film there's always that guy that has to say I didn't think it was that bad and you know there's always these people that want to like they think they're better than you because they think something wasn't scary or wasn't disturbing and but that's such a limited idea of what makes a good horror movie too. Like I said earlier, if if we were defining horror as what I find scary, there'd be like a couple movies, not right. thousands of movies. Because as a horror fan, nothing really scares me anymore. Like I watch it, I watch it all and I can go go to bed. It's just, it, it's, it, it's interesting. It's an interesting sentiment to have and to have to vocalize on everyone's videos. <laughs> Well, I will go to bat for Hereditary because I think it is probably one of the greatest horror films of the past few years. And I'm going to be honest, I don't like that movie. <laughs> it, it didn't work for me. It's definitely not fun. But I have very specific film student reasons why I didn't like that movie. I can admit it's okay. a really good movie and it do- it's, does what it wants to do very well. I think I would say it's a great mm-hmm. movie. Honestly, I just don't like it. I have no intention of seeing right. it again. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely <laughs> not a fun rewatch. I re I rewatched it immediately after I watched it the first time. So I watched it like twice in a row, like in one sitting. The first mm. time I ever watched it, just because I was like, I need to digest that again. 
And then I watched it again, I think one time like with my boyfriend and then another time with the family, like as a little family sit down watch. So I've seen it a few times, but it's definitely not like other than like very special circumstances in which like other people had chosen to also watch that movie with me in the room. Like it's not a fun rewatch. It's not a fun, goofy, silly time to have. But I love and, it. I love I love Midsummer too. I just think both of his movies are just And I think they just, they're imp- they hit home. <laughs> I think they're important movies. I think Ari Aster has a very important voice to the genre in the same way that Rob Zombie does and mm-hmm. uh Jordan Peele and Robert Eggers and some of the other um up and coming horror radio silence. But yeah, I I'll go to bat for those movies. I didn't know I needed to cuz this whole time, I thought Hereditary was <laughs> unanimously loved, and I was the odd one out. <laughs> yeah, it, I mean, yeah, him, he, as a director, like, people have to, like, try to be like, well, he's not, like, he's not the most amazing director ever or whatever, which is, like, you know, obviously how you feel about directors is subjective, but right. yeah, there's, I, I've seen, it's a lot on, like, Twitter. I see a lot of Twitter, like, I mean, on TikTok, I see a lot of, like, quote unquote not scary arguments but on twitter is where i see a lot of the like rejection of modern horror um a24 hate which is why i think there's a slasher resurgence the whole people if people didn't feel that way i don't think the new scream or like x and movies like that really would have been like big hits or like have been made i think like both of those movies i think are very specifically making statements about what is or is not elevated and stuff like that so um Mm -hmm. just like in my time on twitter i've seen a lot of argumentative people trashing a24 horror so it's just yeah i know i you wouldn't think ari astro's movies would have people really like hating on them but they do well i never thought i'd be on the ari astro train (laughs) but here i like (laughs) i know yeah but like i said i can fully admit when a movie you know is very good and i don't have to like it but i'm also yeah there's plenty of movies i don't like because it's just not for me and that's right <laughs> and i also have such a weird nitpicky reason for not liking hereditary so i think i will rewatch it eventually i think that time is coming but the ending pissed me off like that whole monologue mm. explaining what happened it pissed me off because i was while I'm watching it, I'm like, I know all this. I was watching your movie. Don't spell. And that's just me being a dick. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I completely understand that. I don't, I don't very much like when movies are, I have to give you a big, long exposition explaining it. But yeah, I recognize that a lot of times when I feel that way, that's just me being me because I watch so many movies that, yeah. and like so many horror movies and I'm always reading analyses and reading film theory books, you know, stuff like that, where like, obviously I'm more prone to actually understanding the movie. Not in like, that sounds so like (laughs) hoity-toity, like I'm smart or whatever, but you know, like, like Nope just came out. I just watched it. There's a lot of like ideas going on, but I've seen some stuff on Twitter already about how much people didn't understand that was literally like stuff that didn't need to be explained I don't know there's just I know for us we didn't need a monologue explaining it but there would have been so many people that like 
still movies like Saint Maud and stuff like a like that I said on that podcast um mm-hmm. that I also guessed it on like there's so many people in my comments that still have no idea what that movie's about and I'm like really it's pretty obvious <laughs> to me but obviously it's not obvious to everyone so sometimes I have to like tone it down you know like there's movies like like mother Darren Aronofsky's mother I mm. very much did not like for the same reason I thought I recognize this great movie and like I need to rewatch it but when I watched it I got it immediately like like as soon as the movie started I was like oh okay so that's what this movie is about so then every time yeah, I feel like it kept smacking me in the face every time something new happened that it was like <laughs> trying to smack me in the face with what it's about and then I was like well I everyone I saw the movie with did not understand what it was about until it was more obvious and then I was like oh okay I guess that was just me (laughs) I completely feel that I don't want to say anything about nope because it just came out and I want to give people a little bit of time or maybe there's enough time by the time this episode comes out all I want to say is I love that movie that was right up my alley it was fantastic and even earlier today, like a few hours ago, um, my sister and her boyfriend had seen it too. Um, we actually were walking in and out of the same exact theater. Like I was walking into <laughs> the theater and ran into my sister because they had just watched it. <laughs> like like the same auditorium and everything. That's um, funny. So I was asking her what she thought about it and stuff. And even as I was verbalizing some of my thoughts, I my brain was making new connections about the movie and about how I felt about it. And I just thought that was so like beautiful. Like there's so much going on in that movie that like, even as I'm talking about it with someone, my brain is making new connections and new analyses of that movie. I just think it's such a beautiful layered thing. And but yeah, yeah, I don't want to get into I, specifics because obviously it just right. came out, but yeah, it was just, I just, everything about it was just beautiful. I thought that film was bananas. That's all I'll say. That's exactly how I described it. My sister texted me and was like, you know, after we saw her at the theater, um, Mm -hmm. later she texted me and I said, that was bananas. I was like, because it was just (laughs) bonkers, bananas. That was like right after coming out of the theater. So I had no idea how to describe it or how I felt. But yeah, bananas is the perfect descriptor. And if you know, you know. (laughs) Exactly. Um, If you know, you know. (laughs) I'll just run down my top 10 real quick and then we could get into Samara. That was a great top 10, by the way, our top 11. Like I said, it changes all the time. And there's so many movies that I'll probably like hit myself for not mentioning. But um, yeah, it was definitely those were definitely like films influential and essential to my being, I guess, growing up as a horror fan. There's lots of movies that like might not be my favorite anymore, but definitely get like I have to talk about, you know, like Halloween and stuff like it. Sometimes I think it might not be in my top 10 anymore because I've seen so many different movies that I love so much. But it's like I can't not talk about Halloween. One of my favorites, you know, I completely understand because sometimes your favorites needs to have um, a couple slots for like the nostalgia, the films that have always been there for you, you know? Yeah, the nostalgia is so strong, especially like horror fans like us that like started real early or like you know you have that movie like I didn't say the thing just now on my list but obviously that movie is so like important you know because it got me into the genre you know stuff like that there's like so many horror fans I know like have have those stories of 
you know, like, oh, well, when I was like six, you know, I saw this, you know, or I saw yeah. this when I walked in or my mom showed me this or we rented this and we weren't supposed to rent and stuff. So, so many of us have those stories. So like nostalgia always plays such a big part in our favorites. Exactly. Whenever I give my list in like the list I'm about to give you, it's different from a list I would have said like a couple months ago. Maybe not too much, mm-hmm. maybe uh, minor changes, but there are changes. But whenever I make a list, I always disqualify Jurassic Park because that's mm. my all-time favorite Sorry. movie. And it's just not fair to any other movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's like movies that are a given. So it's like, yeah, if I always include that one, then there's so many movies I wouldn't get to mention. <laughs> right. And the other reason why I always avoid mentioning Jurassic Park in my top 10 horror movies is because I don't want to be like, and Jurassic Park's not my number one. And then you always get that guy's like, well, that's not very scary. That's my impression of the kid <laughs> um, talking about the raptors. And I'm like, I don't have a raptor claw and I'm not cool like Sam Neill. So I can't like embarrass these fools in front of a crowd like Sam Neill does. I'm not that cool. Um, <laughs> but I, I don't want to deal with that. So I'm just like Jurassic Park gets the asterisks. It's my all-time favorite movie so it's also my favorite sci-fi movie my favorite adventure movie it's a lot of different things so it'd be on the top of too many lists that's not fair absolutely yeah that totally makes sense and that's I think that's also a testament to how amazing of a movie it is that it's so many different things in one movie you know oh yeah I think you can find a, a few through lines in my favorites to where you're like oh yeah he's probably a Jurassic Park fan uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> but to give you like my list number, my number one is Alien. It's a good one. Thank you. My number two is Jaws. My number three is Scream. So that's like the first one that we both share. My number four is Candyman. I love Candyman. Oh, the original Candyman. Oh, yeah. It's so good. It's just so good. I love that movie so much. It, and it's one of those movies too, where the cover is like, I just remember so many memories of going into like the video store and looking at covers of movies and like seeing it's like the white cover and there's like the B and like being like, what is this movie about? Mom <laughs> won't let me rent it, you know? <laughs> right. It's, yeah. It's so good. It can't be that bad. Love it's Clive about Parker. candy. <laughs> <laughs> And then it's like terrifying. And um, it's actually a recent film for me because I know it came out in 92, but I saw that just only a few years ago for the first time. And it was like, okay, this is one of my favorite horror movies ever. So. Wow, really? Yeah, my, I showed it to my boyfriend, like just, he hadn't seen it, um, but we watched it like literally right before we went to the theater to see the recent Candyman. And he was just like, in awe he was like that was so good like what the heck and I was like I know I'm very surprised you hadn't seen it before yeah it took me I don't know why it took me so long but then when I finally did it I I became obsessed with it I I think it's fantastic my number five is the John Carpenter classic Halloween so now we have two shared favorite movies my number six and this one gets argued a lot or no it doesn't get argued a lot it's just always omitted from horror lists and it's always put on action lists, but I've never had anyone tell me it's not horror, but my number six is Predator. Oh, 
Interesting. I don't know if I've ever watched it. I can see why it's not for everybody, but I think it's for most people. Um, I think some people can get turned off by the fact that it is like a 1980s super testosterone, heavy muscle action movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and it is like bits, <laughs> I guess. But um, but that's part of what makes that movie so great is unlike Rambo or Commando, which I, I like those movies, too. I like my heavy testosterone 80s action movies. Predator kind of switches in the middle and becomes a sci-fi slasher. Right. Yeah. And it came at yeah, a time like bits. Sorry. Sorry, yeah, I've seen like bits, you know, like clips. Yeah, like, it, like I think that's why I haven't really watched it. It's one of those movies that's always been like around. So sometimes when you think about movies you haven't seen, like movies like that don't come to mind because you you have images in your head of the movie. But yeah, no, I would consider it. I mean, I would say it counts. I, I mean, mean, obviously, when it went to I Icons do. of Darkness, they had so many predator suits that obviously. This horror museum considers Predator worthy enough to have a bunch of different props and stuff from the movie. So I would say that's valid. And I I just have like, that's just a film that my grandpa and I would watch all the time together. So it's also like a personal, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I love the I know you're not into sequels and the Predator movies do not have good sequels, but they're so much fun. I love them all. (laughs) yeah that is one I think um I think just like growing up in like the way movies like you just happen to see movies I don't know I think so I had seen like Alien versus Predator was probably like the first of all the movies I had seen Mm -hmm. just because of like the time that it had come out and like the age that I was you know stuff like that yeah but but I do really like I love Alien that's one of I, that's another one of my like favorites but I and I actually really like the second one. Oh, aliens, aliens is fantastic. Yeah, I that's a, that's one sequel. There's a few sequels that I do really really love, but yeah, that's one but I haven't seen anything past Aliens and then Alien versus Predator, which is like totally way other time, you know. <laughs> so yeah. Um, so yeah, so I can't really talk on how I feel about we almost watched the third one one day like we were in like a kick like we were just, like just watching them back to back but then mm-hmm. something happened or wasn't on the platform we thought it was on or something like that so we ended up not watching the third one but <laughs> um but yeah I like I know like that's one of those things like with Predator and with Alien that like when it comes to sequels and stuff like sometimes it's just fun it's fun action you know fun kills and you know effects and stuff like that that's like one of those franchises i feel like you can kind of rely on the fun of it all yeah because at the end of the day you just know your the xenomorph or the predator is going to come through and give you some good moments yeah there's payoff that's what yeah like it's one of those things that always has a good pick i feel when you're dealing yeah. with like a like a creature or monster or like enemy like that there's good payoff i feel like Predator, Alien, Jason Voorhees, and Freddy Krueger have always been consistent. Yeah, that I think, um, surprisingly, I know I said I, I don't like sequels, but I think, like, 
Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th are probably like the most sequels like of a franchise obviously because they have so many to begin with but (laughs) the most sequels of franchises that I've actually consumed like I will regularly watch like Friday the 13th like one through four and like sometimes five like just like back to back because I just think they're all so fun and then like I think Nightmare on Elm Street has some of my favorite sequels like as far as sequels in cinema go I just love some of the Nightmare on Elm Street like sequels I 100% agree because it's fun because I think what works about it is Freddy and we all love Freddy so it's like oh yeah I'm just here to see him you know (laughs) like what one-liner is he gonna give me this time so I think when you have certain characters like that where like that's what we're coming back for those are the sequels that that work especially with a character like freddy you know yeah because like even if all the nightmare movies aren't good freddy is always good yes absolutely my number seven is american werewolf in london good one good effects the, the effects alone i i just i'm a sucker for a horror comedy where you're not quite sure if it's supposed to be more horror or more comedy. <laughs> and Me too. I think, yeah, I, li- I like that like little like dance you do between like, this is funny. Should I be laughing at this? I, I think that and the original Scream toe that line the best. Yes. Because like think... the, the ending of Scream, where Stu and Billy and Sydney, they're all covered in blood and they're doing that monologue is some of the most disturbing stuff that I've ever laughed at. Yeah, it's fun because I don't know, I don't know if I'm correct, but sometimes I feel like when it comes to the Scream fandom, I think it's often forgotten that Scream is meta to begin with. Um, Right. Sometimes, like just sometimes when I see like the way people talk about some of them, some of the movies sometimes, I think people kind of like, why like we simultaneously acknowledge like the way they're talking about the genre without actually like maybe it's just newer scream fans or something but like i think because the first scream i mean it's not nuanced but it is it it plays so serious that if you didn't know anything about horror movies that you really wouldn't know that it's funny i guess Right. I don't know if that makes sense. Like no, it does. the delivery, the performances they give, the delivery, like how, like you said, how disturbing it is that they're like stabbing each other and doing all this stuff at the end sequence. Um, a lot of the jokes could go past someone's head if they don't get the joke, obviously. So it might not be funny, but it's just such a great, like the fact that it could have scared me so much that I had nightmares about Ghostface for years as a kid. And then now it's like the funniest film, like one of my favorite comedies to watch, you know, it's whereas yeah. some, when we get into like later meta horror, uh, like horror comedy, it's like very much when we get meta horror, it's very much like more of a spoof, I guess, um, like more silly like silly goofy not just like fun I think that but I think that's part of like the what makes Scream such a masterpiece <laughs> oh yeah and I think I mean there's so much to be stated on Wes Craven's brilliance while making on making that movie but I think why it toes horror and comedy so well is because I feel like I 
feel like Scream is trying to be a horror movie first, mm-hmm. where it, it 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 handles most of its horror um, elements with the intention of being scary first, but knowing those in on the joke mm-hmm. are gonna have a great time and they're gonna laugh. I think I'm yes. saying what I'm feeling right, whereas yeah. something like. Sometimes. Cabin in the Woods. I feel like Cabin in the Woods has jokes. Yeah, that one's being trying to be a comedy first. Yeah, um, definitely. Um, Great gore in that movie. I love. I love the third act of Cabin in the Woods. <laughs> right. It, it has. Yeah. It has those. Like it has those elements where it, it's very much like doing good with its horror, but it's definitely tonally trying to be very different than scream but but at the same time it is still funny because when i watch scream sometimes it is so campy to me yeah. like the music and like how intense some of the like the, there's that one like sound bite that they always use whenever something oh, like yeah. happens <laughs> it's so it's so corny sometimes like so campy but at the same time the the choices like where they choose to add camp is not the same places that a movie like Cabin in the Woods or something would like by by making it the the music or the sound effects that are can't be it still allows it to be scary in a way if that it, rather than making a character like or or like rather than making jokes in a certain way or like some of the characters like in Cabin in the Woods are very like very obvious like archetypes are obviously like people on scream are too but it's they're like being a lot more like this is a comedy spoof movie this is silly you know right um but yeah so i think yeah very 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 different choices in like where they choose to add horror or camp or not you know exactly and i think that's where scream and american werewolf are very similar yes it's just a hard line to toe and i think those two films balance it and that's why they're both in my top 10 my number eight is one we share it's the ring yeah i love the ring my number nine and my number 10 are both john carpenter movies so i have carpenter three times on this list i'm just now realizing because i love halloween but my number nine, I'm going to go with my only Stephen King on my list, even though I also love Stephen King, but Christine. Ooh. I love Christine. It's a good choice. Good movie, but definitely not one that I see on a lot of people's like top lists. I feel like that's my like, deepest cut. <laughs> but it's like good, but it's so good. Like so many people I know, like sing it such praise and talk about it a lot. But then at the same time, if you were to ask them what their favorite movies are, they wouldn't like think to say that but it's definitely it's a good one it's and i think yeah like you said like john carpenter i just i love that guy so i think he just adds his beautiful if it was someone else i don't know if i would have loved it as much but because he just has such a i don't know i don't know how to describe it but i just love the i love his movies so much i listened to a podcast which described his movies as kind of like a blue collar movies and I don't know why, but mm. that made sense. Like there's a blue collar sensibility. And as like a Midwestern boy, I feel that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's a lot of the charm of Halloween. It's like a DIY feel 
or like they live I think they live is a pretty good example of that yeah I think like like he's like kind of like the same respect like for like Rob Zombie's like vision and like the way he yeah. works I think that's kind of like this a similar thing it's just like the way John Carpenter likes to get her done you know like I said like with Halloween it was very like DIY like that one didn't have a lot of funding and stuff like that and like but even when he has you know even if he did have money it would still have that like the vibes exactly to use use that word vibes but you know like that's (laughs) kind of what his movies come across they have like a vibe and speaking of vibes my number 10 is the thing bringing it full circle back to the beginning yeah that's so perfect yeah i i know i didn't mention it but it's such a it's so it's so good i just obviously obviously like everyone everyone talks about how much they love the thing and all that but i just think it's such a great movie it's like body horror but like a creature feature but like psychological there's like there's so many different things going on there and when i first watched it i didn't even like it now look at it it's in my top 10 (laughs) <laughs> wow you didn't like it at, what was there like what what made the switch a little bit of I think time has to do with it and me just kind of opening my mind as a film consumer or a film goer mm. I know the reason why I didn't like it at first it's because I and it's not the movie's fault but I didn't like it because I liked the 1950s the thing from another world because um, my grandpa made me watch that movie. And then I was like, oh, I should watch the the new one. I I know it's 1980s, but at that time, mid 2000s or late 2000s, early 2010s. That was the new one. Whenever it was. (laughs) Yeah, it was before the 2011 one. (laughs) But I I should watch a new one. He goes, no, you'll hate it. It's disgusting. So I tried it, but I had (laughs) had my grandpa's. (laughs) Yeah, I had my grandpa's opinion who he grew up with loved the original didn't like the 80s version so I had a little bit of that in me while watching it and then when I checked it out I'm like oh my grandpa's right this movie this movie whatever but I kept seeing it held in the same esteem as Alien Mm -hmm. I'm like uh there is no equal to Alien I don't know what y'all are talking about so I tried so I tried it and watched it again and I was like I don't know what I'm talking about that was pretty darn good (laughs) yeah I I there's so much like um imagery wise like it's so slimy Mm -hmm. and yeah it's just so gross and I love it um actually yeah like I another podcast episode I had guessed it on um not going to be out for a while but Mm-hmm. We were kind of talking about our, our roots and stuff. And a lot of the movies that I come back to when I'm trying to think of more concrete thesis topics, like I'm very interested in all things Cronenberg, um, like Teton is one of my favorite movies, like Tetsuo the Iron Man. There's a lot of these like really intense body horror movies that are really interesting to me thematically. So she was like, do you think that has anything to do with like having the thing be the first movie you watch? And I was like, I did not put that together until you just said that. (laughs) Because growing up, I, you know, after watching the thing, like the rest of my life was plagued with 
you know, the screams, the slashers, the remakes, the, yeah. you know, sequel after sequel, the torture porn, you know, like all that stuff, like the early 2000s, like my growing up, we were, we had all these movies coming out. And as I grew up, I was watching very different things. But then when I think about like my roots being in the thing, I'm like, hmm, maybe that does make a lot of sense. But it's just funny. <laughs> I never thought about it until someone else said it to me. <laughs> And now I'm thinking about what are my tastes? What are my roots? And I'm like, my roots are Jurassic Park and I love monster movies and I love sci-fi. And that comes from Jurassic Park. So I'm thinking about yeah. my top 10 horror. And if you don't include Jurassic Park, the majority of them are sci-fi or monster. So like yeah, alien, some sort of like Jaws, Predator, The Thing. I'd, I don't know why, but the Christine has always been a monster movie to me yeah it's it's an it's interesting um it's it's interesting because in a way you know it's kind of like supernatural like the way we think about like cursed objects or possessed yeah. things or you know stuff like that but it doesn't play like that it's like a it's like a monster but and halloween feels like a monster movie to me too if i'm being honest yeah it's very i love that's i think that's why i love that movie so much like i know he was um, inspired by Black Christmas so it's not necessarily like the first slasher but it you know it it's what kind of like kicked off the the slasher craze but everything yeah. else became almost like bastardized versions of what he was creating with when he did Halloween um so it like kind of just like that but it's like it's a slasher but it's like really not a slasher if you like think about like what all these other slashers are and you know he's the shape and he's very like yeah he is a person he's michael myers there's elements of you know the way loomis talks about him being evil and stuff um so i guess that ends up you know turning into all this other like cult stuff that's going on in the franchise but <laughs> it's just weird because he is to me why i love it is because he is just a dude just doing these things but he has this like monster quality to i you know like like jaws yeah bruce is just a shark he's just a shark and sharks really aren't predators to us you know the amount that we kill every year versus how many humans they kill every year but there's something about that movie and like the way the shark is presented it's like you know taking like just an ordinary thing and making it so scary and that's what i love about halloween it's just an ordinary yeah. like this is just some babysitters, suburban life, but it's getting disrupted. But he's not like outwardly monsterly, like Jason Voorhees coming back from the dead kind of thing. It's, right. It's it's a it's a very subtle. He's the boogeyman, you know. He's you know, but he's right. not like some crazy supernatural thing. But he's he's the boogeyman. And that's why I think he's so similar to Bruce the Shark in Jaws, is because all they do is kill stalk repeat mm -hmm. or stalk kill repeat um would have been the correct order but i think michael myers operates more like the shark than he does jason voorhees because jason voorhees has motivation you know chucky yes. and freddy and ghostface and even like Candyman and pinhead they all have motivations i guess Candyman and pinhead aren't traditional slashers but i feel like they fit the vibes yeah, they have. They got they the iconography the for sure. 
but yeah that yeah the i the iconography but yeah it's more like like obviously the sequels and that's the problem with all the sequels in the franchise right. is giving motive or giving explanation which is what to me what is what made michael so scary is that there was no explanation you know when a stranger calls and movies like that where it's like there's just no rhyme or reason you were just chosen by this weirdo to be the victim and it's like bruce the shark is an animal and he is a carnivorous animal and but an animal does not have our conceptions of right or wrong and morals we just happen to be in the wrong place at the wrong time like michael is a deeply disturbed boy or whatever you think michael is but he is just he is he's he smelled blood and he's on his way to go get it and he has no conception of right or wrong he has no agenda he's just on his way to make his kill and you are in the wrong wrong place at the wrong time (laughs) and i think that's like the senselessness of the violence of Halloween is what I love because it's just like you just there's nothing you could have done there's no reason for you to be the victim there's no reason for him to be doing this either it just but it happened and that's what's scary because then then that means it can happen to anyone and anywhere exactly exactly and this is where I'm going to stop it for this week. I hope you've been enjoying the conversation so far because we continue it next week. And I promise there's going to be much more Samara next week. We did talk a bunch. I promise. Thank you to my friend Vanna for joining me. You can find her on the TikTok at Horror Hellion. I like to think it's pretty fun stuff, but check it out for yourself. And yeah, she's awesome. You'll hear much more of her next week. For this week's segment of I Know What You Watched Last Week, you know what I watched last week. It was Prey. I already seen it twice. I loved it. I got to be honest, I liked it a lot more the second time than when I watched it the first time. I really liked it the first time, but I just couldn't. The the Predator fanboy purists in me had a little bit of issues, and I still do have them, but they're very, very tiny. It's like, I really do love this movie. I love how people like Jesse Ventura and Bill Duke have been singing its praises. I saw Mike Flanagan say something awesome about it on Twitter. And I just, this is a really awesome movie. Though my only little tiny petty gripes with it is, even though I thought the score was really good, I personally would have liked to see a bit more musical continuity with the rest of the Predator franchise. And I get why they wouldn't want to do it in this one. So it's not like a criticism or anything. It's just me being a fanboy. But the music that was written for this film is really good. It's a good score. I just like the original themes and hope to see to hear a little bit more of them, if that makes sense. And then I'm not the biggest fan of the new Predator design. Like, I get it. It's hundreds of years ago. Could be like an overall different subspecies of the Outja. But I don't know. It doesn't feel as clever as the originals. And it might just not be a dumber predator. I mean, that's that's certainly the case. It, you know, that's the cool thing about predators is they evolve. So this one would be a less evolved one. But I do love the skull mask. So unmasked, I'm not the biggest fan of the new predator. With the mask, I love it. I love 
I love the story. I love the two main characters played by Amber, Mid Thunder, and Dakota Beavers. I think they were great. I had so much fun. Me personally, I still like the original Predator and Predator 2 more. So this would be my third, Prey would be my third favorite Predator movie. That being said, Predator is one of my favorite movies of all time. Predator 2, I have a huge nostalgic love for. And Prey, I would put on the same tier as Predator 2. And I also really like Predators, which was produced by Robert Rodriguez. I like that one, directed by Nimrod Antal. So I'm a huge fan of the franchise. So Prey, Prey is like a solid four and a half star movie for me out of five. <laughs> I just wish I could have seen it in the theater. Now I'm pushing for it to be released on 4K. Physical releases. That's what I want. And in other news, and another reason why I'm splitting this episode into two, is I will be shooting my next horror short this coming weekend. So I'm really, really excited for that. If you guys are curious, my first one is somewhere on YouTube. It's called Best Day Ever. It was co-produced and co-written with my friend Molly Gibson, who's also the lead in that one. And Best Day Ever is a really, well, I, I mean, I made it, so... I wrote and I co-wrote and directed it. And obviously I'm biased because, you know, I made it, but I like it. I think it's really fun. And it's somewhere on YouTube if you guys want to check it out. So, yeah, I'm really excited. New heart. My second horror short is being shot this weekend. So, yeah. As always, you can find the show's social media on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Would You Die Show. You can find the Would You Die YouTube show on the Three Wise Men Media YouTube channel, where you can also find professional wrestling, trailer reviews, and much, much more. The music you hear in the beginning and end of each episode is composed by my friend, Josie Palmer. Next week, we are continuing the conversation with Vanna, and we are actually talking about the ring. Pinky promise. Until then seven days. I'm Austin Torres. Try not to die.